Truly, the hero of this story is Jesus, right? Jesus is the hero of every story that Christians teach. Because Jesus is the author of life. The early church gathered together for worship and prayer. And the early church expanded. Join Pastor Hook as we learn lessons from the book of Acts as God grows his church. This is our next episode in Acts. Uh, we've been in Acts 2, and Peter preached, and 3,000 people were baptized. And that was an amazing thing, that 3,000 people were baptized off of Peter's message about how Jesus is the Messiah, you killed him, but he rose again. And so now hitch your horse to Jesus. 3,000 people wanted to hitch up to Jesus and move forward in their life. We talked about how uh, they didn't have any clear instruction or anything. They just kind of basically said, all right, I'll follow Jesus. And if you think about it, that's almost like what happened with Jesus himself. When Jesus saw the first disciple that he called was Peter, and he goes up to Peter and he says, follow me. And Peter dropped his nets and came and followed Jesus. So at some level, following Jesus can be as simple as somebody coming to a person and saying, hey, listen, um, why don't you follow Jesus? And I'll help you, I'll help lead you through that process. Um, we oftentimes as churches, as congregations, as followers of Jesus, think there have to be a lot of hoops to have somebody follow Jesus, but it truly doesn't have to be a hoop. Uh, it truly could be, it could be somebody going through something in their life where they say, you know, something's not right. I don't feel like this is the life that I want to have in my life. And a believer comes up and says, hey, why don't you give Jesus a try? And that person drops his net and follows, uh, and follows Jesus. And when a person does that, when a person drops their net and follows Jesus, it is incumbent, it is imperative that the church then, therefore, provides the resources to help that person grow in their faith. Uh, in the Lutheran Church, we have the Catechism. This is what uh, what Luther came up with. Uh, he called. He had the small Catechism for children. He had the large Catechism for adults. If you go into the early, early Church in the first century, in the first few years after Jesus rose again, uh, you have this wonderful writing called the Didache, which we studied in depth last year, which was the early catechism of the church. And it talks about the way of life, the way of death, talks about uh, Holy Communion, um, it talks about the Lord's Supper, it just basically talks about the same stuff that's in uh, the modern day catechism, but it was the original first catechism of the church, which is why it's worthwhile studying it, because it's really, really, really good. Um, it's basically the instructions that you might need to know if you're going to start pursuing a life with Jesus. It's like getting your driver's license, but then you still have to drive the car for the rest of your life. Um, and as you drive the car, you get better and better and better and better at it. Um, and so the same thing is true with following Jesus. You say, all right, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to lay down my net. I'm going to follow him. We give some basic instruction at different levels, at different times. But then now you're you're driving your own car and then you grow in your faith. And the roots of your faith grow and you start producing fruit. And the goal of your life is to be like a tree planted by the streams of living water 
that gets nourished and fed and it's like a large oak tree that's just loving the world. And that's the goal in life. All right, so that's where we left it yesterday and that kind of concludes that thought. But today and probably for the next few uh, episodes, we're going to talk about one of the most transformational verses that exists in Holy Scripture because it gives us a picture of what the early church did and what we as a church might want to think about. Are we doing these things also? So I just want to read it. It's a very, very famous uh, verse. Most pastors know this verse. Most Christians know these verses. Uh, hopefully they do. But we'll just read it. It's going to be from Acts chapter 2. And we'll just read the whole thing from verse 42 to 47. This is called the Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, the reason why I say that this is such an important verse is because um, there has been a renaissance in Christianity over the last 50 years, not necessarily in all denominations, but in other denominations. And it all kind of comes back to several lectures of a guy who lectured on these verses and said, if the church isn't growing in the United States today, maybe they should go back and look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. Because if a church does the things that are included in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, they will grow. Because that's how the early church grew. And so... If you're a church that wants to expand the influence and the impact of the kingdom of God, go back to Acts chapter 2 and see what they did, and maybe those things could be brought back into a congregation. Uh, and so these are very powerful things. These are the things that the early church did to grow the church. And so we're just going to spend some time on each one of these. So the first one is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is one of the things they did. This is basically learning the story of Jesus. Remember, we at this point, we don't really have Paul yet. Paul is not on the scene. As a matter of fact, Paul is persecuting the church. We'll find out later on in Acts that Paul is persecuting but the church still got together for the apostles' teaching. So what was the apostles' teaching? At this point, it wasn't even written down yet. The apostles' teaching at this point is the life and times of Jesus. It's basically an oral tradition of the apostles that said, I was with Jesus from day one. It's Peter saying, I remember the first time that he called me. Let me tell you about that story. I was fishing and I wasn't doing very well and my life was falling apart and I really needed the fish that was going to be in that net. And Jesus said, hey, um, you've been fishing all day. Your nets are already put away, but why don't you put your net out over there? And I didn't want to put my net out over there, but there was something about his face. There was something about his demeanor, the way he just 
said I needed to do it. So I got the net out again and I put the net out and I had such a large catch of fish that uh, it was Peter, James, John, and Andrew. All of them had to come and unload this fish so it could get into the boats that we sold at the market and paid off all our debts and life was very, very good, all because this Jesus. And then he said, follow me. And I figured if he's a guy that can do that, uh, then I want to hitch myself up to him. And so I followed him. And then my brother followed me and, and, um, Jay, and Jay, you know, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, all of us. Uh, follow, James and John were their best friends, the sons of Zebedee. Peter and Andrew are brothers. They're fishing. So all four of them decided to follow Jesus at the same time. And then this is the story that happened. And then we went here and Jesus performed this miracle. And then we went here and Jesus performed this miracle. And then we went here and Jesus gave a teaching. And we went here and Jesus did another teaching. And then we went to uh, Jerusalem and he died and he rose again. And then we saw him and he gave us even more teaching. And these are the things that uh, the early apostles would have talked about. And it was the teachings of Jesus, but it was the apostle. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching because Jesus' teaching impacts each of us differently. And we as Protestant Christians hold and cling fast to the word of God and say, um, this is the teaching that we want to, to teach. But part of what the apostles taught was how did this story of Jesus impact them? And so when we do a teaching uh, in the world, we as followers of Jesus can't just teach the Bible, but we also need to teach how have the teachings of the Bible grown our faith? How have the stories of the Bible impacted me? The, the most effective teaching that can happen is when we as Christians share how our faith has how our faith has grown, how our life has been transformed because of the teachings of Jesus. And um, in our worship service that happens on Sunday morning, we typically have a thing called a sermon. and um, we are taught in seminary that that sermon should be, the Word of God, what does the Word of God mean and how is that impacted in the world today? And we're taught not to make it personal because when we make it personal, we have oftentimes, uh, we become the hero of the story, which turns people off. Uh, and so there are very, very few times when I share a story of myself, um, but, uh, but as I grow older and more mature in my preaching, I realize that that it needs to be at some level, how has my faith grown because of a certain teaching of Jesus? And the unfortunate drawback of that is that it, it could appear that uh, I'm being the hero of the story, but truly the hero of the story is Jesus, right? Jesus is the hero of every story that Christians teach. Because Jesus is the author of life. Jesus came to this earth and redeemed us and gives us the power and the strength for living and helps us live in the kingdom. We're going to live with him forever. So uh, Jesus needs to be the hero of the story. But at some level, we as Christians also need to share uh, how our faith has helped us navigate the difficulties of life. 
so that other people can see that and say, oh, I see that. Okay, that makes sense. And I think one of the reasons why the mainline Protestant church has been in decline over the last maybe 100 years is that we've kind of lost that element of the teaching because of what I learned in seminary. You know, like take yourself out of the story. It needs to be uh, it needs to be the Word of God, the Word of God alone, and what does this mean for people's lives and all that, but we don't share of ourselves. And But when we do share of ourselves as Christians, it has the ability to transform the teaching to a, another level. Um, I've, I've known other uh, churches that will do interviews with people in the congregation, and uh, the interview will be something like, okay, here's the scripture, here's that, but tell us in your own words how this particular scripture, this particular event in your life, like how you got through it. Uh, and then um, those are very, very powerful. Because, and the reason why I bring this up is because it doesn't say they devoted themselves to Jesus' teaching. I've always thought that was so strange, verse 42. Like, whose teaching are they teaching? Is Are they teaching Jesus' teaching, or are they teaching the apostles' teaching? Or is there any difference? Um, but, the, but Luke is very, very clear in his writing when he writes this, that they are devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, that at some level, this is how are the teachings of Jesus impacted me. It's very real, it's very personal, and it describes how... Um, how a Christian grows, and um, and so that's that could be a change that a congregation could make to go back to Acts two forty two, that it tap people on the shoulder who would be willing to say, okay, how has how has Jesus impacted your life? How do you think your life would be different if Jesus wasn't in your life? When did you uh, come to the conclusion that the teachings of Jesus were real and important to your life? And when you started following them, uh, you know, what were some of the struggles that you went to and how did that impact you? Um, and and that the more a church, more a congregation or a gathering of people share those kinds of stories, um, the more powerful that the group comes and the more the faith grows and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, I'll tell you a couple stories about that. First of all, um, when we lived in Phoenix, we were able to gather together a small group of people who were just married. We call it the just married group. And there were probably seven or eight couples. And we gathered together and we created a small group. And we would meet once, once a week on a Friday. We didn't have children yet. And uh, we were called Young Marrieds Without Kids, I think is what we were, or Young Marrieds. I can't remember. But basically, we started meeting in 1987. So Jennifer and I were married maybe two years when we started doing this. Uh, the first meeting was in our back patio. Oh, should I tell that story? I'll tell that story at the next episode. Um uh, Anyway, we met in the back patio and we started meeting. And this small group started to share uh, more in-depth and personal stories about our faith. Um, but it was still, even at that level, it, was not, it wasn't um, as deep as I've shared my faith uh, in later times. 
Um, first of all, my faith was very, very new. Uh, I had only been a Christian, let's see, I became a Christian in 1974, and this was 1987, so uh, 13 years. I'd only been a Christian for 13, which may, may think like it's a long time, but in the Christian journey, it's very brief. Um, and other people had been Christians since birth, and I was always impressed with how they knew the stories of the Bible that I didn't know. My weak link in my faith development is by even by the time I was thir- you know, had been a Christian thirteen years, I still didn't know a lot of the stories of the Bible. Uh, I felt I felt like that was a big deficiency in my life. Uh, anyway, but this small groups are an opportunity for a person to share their faith. It truly is. And sharing your faith is hard. Sharing your faith is stepping out in faith. It's a a leadership portion. Uh, Most people, the greatest fear that people have is to share something about themselves that people look at them and say, well, that was dumb or that was stupid, and then they reject them. Like this is our greatest fear in society, which is why the greatest fear is for a lot of people is to stand on stage and do a presentation. Apparently, this is the number one fear that people have, is being on stage and making a presentation. Of all the fears that are there, I mean, other, uh, you know, the fear of death, maybe even, but for most people, it's even more fearful than the fear of death is to stand in front of people and share. And so leadership, Christian leadership, is breaking through that fear and giving people the opportunity to share something about themselves in a in a public setting. Uh, and so the other story I want to tell is that uh, we also have this summer camp. It's called Salka Summer Camp, Southern Arizona Lutheran Camping Association, of which I've been involved in many summers. And every night we have a thing called a campfire. And at campfire, we have the the leadership, which is the... We call them cabin leaders, but they're basically high school kids, maybe some college kids, and they're the ones that are in the cabins with the kids, uh, you know, teaching and sharing about their own faith. And then as they teach and share about their own faith, in the evening at the campfire, they stand up and they will share something about their faith journey, about how God has worked in their life. And we really do try to um, it, it's hard because they're so young and their faith is so young. Oftentimes they'll share some horrible thing that happened like a death in the family or a broken arm or something like that and how they knew Jesus was with them and gave them strength to get through it. And that is, um, that is a common theme, but we also try to help them grow in their faith by like digging even deeper than that. And sometimes we're successful, sometimes we're not successful. Um, But just getting up in front of a group of little kids and sharing even a little bit of an aspect with your faith does amazing things for the faith development of these uh, summer camp kids because they're seeing somebody who's not an adult, right? You know, we are supposed to have all the answers, uh, somebody who's in high school or college and still struggling with some of these answers and, some, and sharing the struggles and all that sort of thing. It's just really, really, really powerful. It's extremely powerful. Um, and I think it does amazing things for the faith development of these kids. And it's all because what Luke is saying here, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
Um, it's not Jesus. It is Jesus teaching, but it's through the eyes and the lens and the mirror of the apostles. The most effective teaching that we can do as a Christian church is not just to teach God's word, but to teach how God's word impacts a Christian's journey and how it helps them in the journey and how they get faith and strength for the journey. Um, it's probably best done in small groups. Uh, it could be done a lot of times Christian authors will share that in a book that they write. Uh, it could be done at a Salka summer camp. Uh, it could be done in many, many, many ways. It can be done as a, a head of a household, teaching the children of the household. These are things uh, that I've learned in my life. As my kids are now, you know, contemplating getting married and, and having kids and all that sort of thing, they're going through all sorts of struggles. And it's one of my greatest joys is to say, this is what happened to me at my time in your life, and this is how I got through it. Um, it's one of the greatest joys we have as parents. Anyway, so I think I'll leave that there because we're going to spend some time on all of these things that the early church did, and we're going to talk about it um, in depth. Uh, so I think we'll leave it there. Um, let's just close in prayer. Gracious God, um, wow, what a great teaching that uh, we learned from the apostles and how you impacted their lives. Help us as followers of you to share our story with the world around us. Keep us safe until we meet again. In Jesus' name.